The Detroit Tigers win a ball game. Um, but you don't care about that. Let's talk about the trade deadline, what we did do and what we didn't do. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Okay, so the Detroit Tigers win a ball game. They do win 5-3 to three to the Minnesota Twins. We will talk about that game. Uh, but probably not as long as we usually talk about games. Usually we, we talk about, you know, game recaps. There's a game every day. We talk about the game every day. That's usually what we do here. Um, probably only like a segment-ish on the game. Uh, we're we're going to be mostly talking about the trade deadline and how unbelievably underwhelming it ended up being. And that will be a majority of the show. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile, Blue Nile Jewelry, the original online jeweler. Make your moment sparkle with the jewelry from BlueNile.com. Going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. You can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces, 25% on engagement rings. Shop stress-free. Find your forever piece at BlueNile.com today. So the Tigers would make one trade on deadline day. That would be Michael Fulmer to the Minnesota Twins. Um, and, And that would be it. We traded Robbie Grossman. The night before deadline day, we talked about that in yesterday's show, kind of just a shot in the dark pitcher, lefty pitcher that that we got from Atlanta for half a year of Robbie Grossman. And this year we would trade Michael Fulmer to the Minnesota Twins for right-handed pitcher Sawyer Gibson Long. Um, He is expected, I I guess, the the plan is when asked about it. Uh, hopefully he's in double a currently, but they believe that he's fast tracked and then could be in triple a relatively soon, uh, by the beginning of next year at the latest. Um, and then even hinted at the fact that maybe by the end of next season, he could be like a major league productive arm. That's all, whatever. Look, the, the deal itself is not surprising and it's not great. Now, it's not like the worst thing that's ever happened. I personally am more frustrated in what we did not do. Michael Fulmer for Sawyer Gibson Long in a vacuum, not like a like a C minus deal. Right? It's like, okay, you, you got rid of one of the better relievers on the market. He was a rental. You got him for a dude that that you're hoping by the end of next season or whatever could be a major league productive player. You're, that's the hope, right? It's like a like a C my D plus. Sure, if you want to be like more pessimistic about it, which you have every right to be, because this team is is quickly turning into somewhat of a joke. So sure, be as pessimistic as you want about it. It we had one of the better relievers on the market, but it was a rental. And the team felt like, you know what, it's a rental. It's either trade him for whatever or just let him walk. And they had no leverage in the situation, did not create any leverage in the situation. 
and gave him away for a dude that's not even in the t- Twins' top 30 prospects. That's objectively you should be getting more for Michael Fulmer for that. You should. But it's not the that move in a vacuum is not like an F minus whatever. The deadline, however, I consider a failure. I do. I do not consider this trade deadline passable by any stretch of the imagination. I said it at the end of yesterday's show. You have to do something. You cannot just sit there and go, well, uh, I don't know, or, or oh, like we lose every trade we do, so we just are going to not try and just hold on to any everybody or, or, or whatnot. You, you can't just do nothing. And they did about as close to nothing as you could possibly do. This front office has zero creativity. Zero. None. There is no creativity. There, there's no uh, capitalizing on value. There's no capitalizing on a market. There is zero creativity. It's we are going to be the most conservative front office you have ever seen in your life. We're going to do exactly what we have to do, what everybody feels like we have to do. We're going to trade all the people that it literally makes zero sense to hold on to, and everybody else is staying a Tiger. And they do it every single trade deadline. Every single one. They did it in 2019. They did it in 2020. They did it in 2021. And here we are again. They they did it in 2018. They did it in 2017. They do it every single year. They trade the rentals that are just going to walk in free agency anyway, and you're not going to get back, and you know for a fact you're not going to get back because you're going to lose 100 next year, and nobody wants to play for you. They they know that they're going to lose those guys. So they, they, they trade them at the deadline for next to nothing because everybody knows their rentals and everybody knows that they have no leverage in the situation and everybody knows there's no market for them. They trade those guys. They get a bunch of mid-prospects that are barely top 30s, if they even are top 30s, in other teams' organizations. And then they carry on like it's business as usual. And they go, unless we're blown away, we're not trading anybody with more than two months of control left. That's not how this works. That's that's so unbelievably flawed. It makes me so upset, as you can tell. That logic is, is so flawed. I don't even know where to start with how flawed it is. You have to have some creativity. You have to. To trade people when their value is at their highest. I I, I love Andrew Chafin. W- what a guy. What a cool guy. What a cool character. There is no reason he should be on this ball club. Joe Jimenez, career year. Great story. Great turnaround. A, a, a dude that you, you, you looked at a year ago when you weren't sure he was even going to be picked up. We, we, he was a non-tender candidate the last two years. Has come in and 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 metrics wise been one of the best relievers in the American League and statistically has been one of the best relievers in the American League and has is, is not a rental, has a year and a half of control left. Andrew Chafin has a player option at the end of this season. You trade him somewhere, they convince him to pick it up, then you convince him to pick it up. Now Andrew Chafin's like kind of weird, and that's why we love him. And I'm not sure he really cares about being on a winning team, but the point remains, all you got to do is convince the dude to pick up an option or just p- 
pay him again. Give him a new contract if he opts out, whatever. Even if he is a rental, that again, back in the same boat as Fulmer then. It, I, 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 I love the stories. I, I love the dudes. I'm not sure why they're here. Joe Jimenez should not be on this baseball team. I'm sorry. He shouldn't. And if you want, like, proof or evidence that I'm not just a crazy person, 2019 is here to slap you in the face. Matthew Boyd, least we forget, was maybe the most sought-after left-handed starter on the entire trade market. Top two, objectively. At the deadline in 2019, he was striking out everybody. He had a low ERA. He had good metrics. And he had multiple years of control left. Guess what you did? You didn't move him. And then literally two calendar years later, you non-tendered him for nothing. You didn't even, he didn't even make it to the end of his six years of service. You non-tendered him. It, it's, it's mind-boggling that this front office just continues to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. And nobody learns their lesson and nobody cares. And we just keep on marching and we keep on getting fed the same load every single year. Nothing moved the needle. I have heard nothing moved the needle for five years in a row. How come 29 other teams get the needle moved every single summer? How is that possible? What are we doing? What are we doing? All right. We're going to keep talking about it. Um, We're going to keep talking about it. There's a lot more that I still have to say. First, though, I have to tell you guys about something good, and that's BlueNile.com. Blue Nile is the original online jeweler. I can never say that word. I can never say jeweler. First time around, I always have to screw it up and then re-say it when I read these. I'm sorry. But they are the original. And whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond's shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is truly one of a kind. If you're looking for fine jewelry, but having trouble choosing, BlueNile.com has online experts on hand 24-7. They're available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So make your moment sparkle from BlueNile.com. And going on right now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. You can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, it ships free, and it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. You can shop completely stress-free. Find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. All right, everybody. Welcome back here to segment two at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Um, so the Michael Fulmer deal, we already talked about the, the kid we got in return, Sawyer. Like he, He's got a, a, a decent low to mid-90s fastball. He's got a nice slider that grades out pretty well, and data-wise is, is actually pretty nice, pretty nice shape to it. Um, I would imagine that he's longed for the, the bullpen 
Um, like there, most people have his ceiling as like a back end rotation guy. And I would imagine that, uh, honestly, within pretty short order, he's going to get at some point moved from that back end of rotation to just like, Hey, see if you, you can maybe raise your fastball velo a little bit, really hone in on the slider, have that nice two pitch mix and become an effective reliever. Um, so that there's your return. There's your entire trade deadline. There you go. Um, I, I it, it's just, I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated. And, and I know a lot of people are really frustrated and I'm, I'm insurmountably more frustrated with, with the lack of moves and the fact that we didn't even try anything than I am for what we got for Fulmer. Like truly, and I'm not blown away by the former deal. I'm not trying to say that, but, but I, I just, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. It, it, It makes zero sense to me. The only way that this is justifiable is if this front office has, has convinced itself that this year is a total anomaly. They've just caught every bad break there is that the team will bounce back and be good next year and not only be good, be competitive next year to where you are a buyer next year. That's the only justifiable reasoning for this is if you think your team is going to be good enough next August 2nd to where you're a buyer, because think about it. Even if we take big steps forward, we're a 500 team, but Come trade deadline, we're six games out of it. What are we going to do? We're going to sell again. And who are we going to sell? Half a year of Andrew Chafin and half a year of Joe Jimenez. And what are we going to get? Significantly less than what we could have given them this year. And it's just going to keep going like it always does. I, I, I genuinely don't understand it. And yeah, like, people are like, oh, well, I would have rather just hung on to Fulmer. I, like... I I understand that that the return was super underwhelming and it should have been more and it should have been more. You're right. Um, but like the, the whole interdivision thing, honestly, I don't really care about it's It's half a year and we were going to lose to the twins nearly every time we played them the rest of the year. Anyways, <laughs> I, I don't really care. Um, about half a year of interdivision when we're the last place team in the division and, and we trade them to the first place team in the division. I don't really care personally. Um, so like, I, I, I understand the notion of like, we have to trade him because holding on to him does do us no good. Unless you had an extension just like in the books and you and Fulmer were both like tentatively kind of agreeing on it. There's no reason to hold on to Michael Fulmer and, and you had to move him and you should have gotten more. And it's just the, like I said, it's, it's just the same thing every year. We're just regurgitated the same nonsense every single summer. And then we'll be regurgitated it again every winter, right after winter meetings when we don't do anything exciting. And, and it's just, it's going to continue. It's just going to keep continuing. This, this is a quote that infuriated me. Okay. This quote is from Cody Stavenhagen's article. He's with The Athletic, did an article recapping the trade deadline, talked about this just forever cycle that we're in. He did a great job. He's a great writer. He's a great dude. The quote from Avila is, I don't know if disappointed is the right word. You're always looking with an open mind with our better players. We've always said 
It's not like we're trying to move anybody. Quote, it's more of, quote, if we can improve our major league club, we we would certainly listen. Obviously, in that scenario, you would hope to be able to be satisfied with being able to make a trade and being happy with what is offered. If not, then you move on and you're happy to keep the players you have. Why? You are 21 games under 500. Why are you happy to keep the players you have? Why? Why is that a good thing? We've always said it's not like we're trying to move anybody. Try. For the love of everything, try to move people. What are we talking about? What are you doing? I, I, it Literally, I hear these quotes and I think I'm losing my mind. This dude runs the Tigers. I, and he has for seven years. I'm, 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 I'm mind blown. For, like every day, it blows my mind. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I, seriously, I, I don't know where where we go. And like, I'll, I'll calm down. I, I will, and and we'll go about the rest of the season. And I'll be way more calm. And I'll just be numb to losing. And we'll just go for. And, and, and even probably in the third segment, I'll talk about the fact that we won and I'll be way calmer and it'll just be, a, oh, here's just another win. That doesn't mean really anything. But I, inside, I, I'm, I'm just dumbfounded always. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I, I, I have so many questions. Like, like you, you probably have a lot of questions as a listener or, or as a fan of the team and just like h- how we're here and what the next steps are. I, I share all those questions. I, I don't know. This team has so many holes to fill. We are over 20 ga- We are in last place in the division. We're over 20 games under 500. What? What? <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't know. So I'll repeat myself again, the Robbie Grossman deal, the Michael Fulmer deal in, in a vacuum, whatever you, you think they're bad trades. You think whatever they were rentals. You had to get rid of them. You didn't get what, what you should have gotten for Fulmer. Robbie, I'm glad you got a living, breathing person, but you 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 should have gotten more for form for form for Fulmer. Jeez, I can't speak. <laughs> you didn't, but you had to move him because it didn't make sense not to. That's all we do every deadline. No team has ever been successful with zero creativity in a front office. And we just have none. Year after year, it's just the rental. I mean, 2019. Castellanos, Shane Green. The rentals move out. You get Alex Lang, who at the time was a failed starter. That worked out really well for you. Now you got a reliever. And then you move Shane Green, who was an all-star caliber closer at, at the first half of the year. You got Travis Demerit, who's not with the organization anymore. And you have Joey Wentz, who is, is a pretty 
whatever you, you want to label him like a B level prospect, I guess you would say at best. Um, and hasn't really made a mark at the major league level. It, it, it's just Cameron Maven for Zach short. No, everybody else stayed. Everybody else stuck around all the one and a half year of control dudes were stuck around. It's, it's just, it, it's so frustrating to like, clearly this blueprint doesn't work. Clearly building the entire rebuild around pitching doesn't work. Clearly your trade machine, whatever your trade logic is, every deadline and every winter meetings doesn't work. Clearly how you determine who gets big contracts all the way back to your first year, back to 2016, 15 doesn't work because you haven't had a multi-year deal turn out yet. The, the, the strategy in which you draft after the first round, there's a couple of diamonds in the rough. As a whole, it's pretty weak. Even the people you've drafted in the first round haven't really done a whole lot yet. It, it, it just amazes me in the most negative connotation possible. It amazes me. I'm sorry this is so, like, uh, aggressive and, and whatever. I'm, I'm not... It takes a lot. To, to get me, I'm usually pretty, pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm dramatic, but I'm usually not angry. I'm usually a pretty mellow person when it comes to that, but, but golly, unreal. All right, let's get into uh, the rest of the deadline stuff. We will talk about the game that was played. The Tigers did win a ball game last night. We'll talk about all that. We did make some organizational moves as well. We'll cover all of it here in the final segment, but first I got to tell y'all about our friends over at Bet Online. But online, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events, and the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find the re, find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live betting, scores, podcasts. They have you covered with all of it. It's a great tool. So head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. Oh, okay. Welcome back, everybody. Segment three here. Locked on Tigers. Um, Tigers did win a ball game. This one, we'll, we'll talk about it really quickly because I don't think there's honestly too terribly much to talk about with it. Um, but... They did win, and we do need to talk about that for at least a little bit. The offense in this one, um, honestly, early was getting absolutely diced by 2022 Chris Archer for what feels like the 19th time this season. Uh, he had eight Ks and four and a third. Remarkable. Uh, they did get two runs off of him, though. Then the bullpen, the bullpen happened for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, they get three earned runs off of Jacks. Well, they're all credited to Jacks, at least. Uh, this is a team that the Minnesota Twins team that very much needed to add bullpen pieces, and they certainly did, obviously, getting Michael Fulmer, then also adding Baltimore Orioles, one of their best relievers on the year. Um, so they, they definitely did what they needed to do, and tonight was a prime example of why they needed to do it because they were winning a ball game, and then the bullpen came in and blew it. You can't be losing games. I mean, in their eyes, you can't be losing games to the Detroit Tigers when you're trying to clinch the division and, and after you just bought at the deadline. That, that's their perspective, right? So that that's certainly why they did what they did. 
Um, but some really good at-bats later in the game. The beginning of the game, the at-bats were terrible. And then, like, in the fifth inning, everybody just decided that, you know, we, we were going to kind of try and turn it around a little bit. Uh, and I thought from then on out, the, the at-bats got significantly better. The, the seventh inning, I really liked everybody's approach. Um, even in the later innings when we weren't scoring, I liked the approach at the plate a little bit more. I thought it was a little more of a, an aggressive um, but also – patient i don't it's possible to be both i promise and that that's just how i chose to describe what what i saw i guess um the tigers pitching for this one was matt manning we're gonna save him for last uh the bullpen was nails as they've been all year and we still have all of our bullpen because we didn't trade any of them so i guess you know there you go we we had some some bullpen pieces there that that stepped up jason foley Looks pretty solid. Andrew Chafin looked great. Joe Jimenez looked fantastic, to be honest with you. Uh, and Gregory Soto, I thought, looked really good. Uh, his ERA is down to two one nine. So, um, well, uh, I almost just called the pump fake and started going down a different rabbit hole. But we're going to finish the game first. Matt Manning. Then we'll get we'll end on on trade deadline stuff again. Matt Manning, five innings, five hits, three earned runs, four walks, one strikeout. Um, the the Tigers broadcast was said that this at one point said that this was like a really encouraging outing from Matt Manning. Uh, I think that that's just because like he didn't give up a million, like he gave up three earned runs in five innings. Uh, he walked four people and struck out one. He had five whiffs. I, I like the velocity was not where we're used to it being. It was pretty substantially, honestly, down from where it was at this point last year, and it's been earlier in the season. Um, the, the command was just all over the place. I mean, that's really what this comes down to. The stuff has never really been a huge Matt Manning issue. The, the fastball certainly needs a little more. When it's at its peak, it's nice. It's just, it's very inconsistent. Some days he's throwing a fastball 92 and some days he's touching 97. There's just really no consistency there. Um, I, I like his sinker. I think it has decent movement. The curveball and the slider both have really good movement, have pretty good shapes when they're executed correctly. I like his stuff. I think it, it has the potential to play. It just all comes back to command. And and this one, especially in the first two innings, he had pretty much zero command of the fastball. I mean, there was one point where they were trying to aim for like a ball high to try to get somebody to chase high, and he was throwing it at like below the knees and like missing the strike zone a foot to the right. Like it, it, was, it really was sporadic, and that's why you have four walks in five innings and nine base runners in five innings. But they were able to limit it at least to the point where it was only three in runs, put the Tigers in a position to win a ball game, eight, five innings, even though you did have to go through four relievers. At some point, that's going to have to change. But for now, we'll take it. Um, I'm not going to find too much to complain about in the game itself in a game that we won. I'm just going to take it. Um, so, okay, let's just end with – with the, my my get everything out there with the trade deadline we'll just word vomit a little bit more and then we'll be done with it all right um Tarek Skubal that that discourse has been going on he pretty much Avila being he pretty much regurgitated the same I've been saying that word a lot this episode I don't know why um pretty much said the same thing he's been telling us with everybody else we weren't going to go out and actively shop him we were going to sit back and see if anybody can match our price um, that's, that's fine. Uh, Gregory Soto from pretty much all reports 
the the Tigers ask for Gregory Soto was astronomical, like to the point where where no team was even remotely close to having a conversation about Gregory Soto. It was just like absolutely through the roof, and no team was willing to pay it. Um, which I, I mean, again, multiple years on a lefty that throws a hundred. Uh, if if he can hone in the command, he's going to be really good. But um, certainly, uh, again, like, and I'm not saying. Uh, I, I don't want this to get misconstrued as they should have just gone out and traded literally everybody. I, I don't want that to be to be the message that I'm sending. I don't want people to, to think that that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying they just should have traded Soto and Jimenez and Chafin and Fulmer and Foley. And, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm not trying to say that. I'm, I'm just saying no team has ever been built by just – trading like like no team has ever been built by not taking the best free agent available all their free agents that they've signed to to multi-year deals are are not the top of the board at their position and then the the trades all being just the the rental players people get creative you have to have creativity you have to and sometimes you're going to look like a doofus for sure that that comes with the risk but i promise you people are going to respect the the attempt a lot more than just sitting here every single august and going well you know we hang out we hung on to everybody maybe we can flip them next this winter or maybe we can flip them next year or maybe we'll be way better next year and, and there'll be really valuable pieces in the bullpen. So, like, you know, we didn't want to really go out of our way to trade them because, like, what if we improve our win total by 40 games magically out of nowhere? You know, it could happen. You, you can't keep doing it. You can't. You have to try stuff. Doing nothing was was such a disservice to to this organization, truly. I've said it like nine times on the show. I'm sorry, I'm going to say it again. The the return for what we got for the two guys we gave up is what it is. It's not great. It's not what anybody expected, but they're rentals at the end of the day. But the, the, the fact that you did nothing with your... Joe Jimenez's career... This is his ERA by year, okay? Full seasons. 431, 437, 715, 596, and this year a 2.93. He has not had an ERA under 4.3 his entire life. His entire Tigers life. He has not had a sub 4.31 ERA his entire major league career. He has a sub three ERA right now with crazy good metrics and data. And yet, with a year and a half of control, you didn't move him. You just said, you know what? None of it moved us. None of it moved the needle. Now, a 24-year-old in in in, in double A, that moves the needle for us. But nothing moved the needle for us on Joe. Career 5-2-7 ERA has a 2-9-3 this year with a year and a half left, and you didn't move him. Because 
you want to hold on to them next year. And, and I'm sure there will be people that, that respond to this episode, that, that reach out to me, that make it public, whatever, that, that are like, hey, like, you know, maybe we'll be good next year and maybe that's why we're holding on to people and, or maybe we're going to have a, try to make a big splash in the offseason or whatever. That, that's fine. And that you're totally right. That might happen. Totally fair take. The, the, there's a, every, anything's possible in this crazy world. Tigers could improve their win total by 40 games next year. They could. Sure. Why not? And, and, then, and then Al looks like a genius. I'm just asking you to look at the last six years and w- tell me why I should believe the man and, and all these quotes that he's given us six years in a row. What makes this year different? Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Now make your next listen, Locked On MLB. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay. Um, an ode to Michael Fulmer really quickly before uh, I do let you go here. Um, what, what a ride it's been. And I said this yesterday, but I, I just want to really drive home the point. What a what a ride it's been, man. Uh, I, I wish nothing f- but the best for that man for the rest of his life. What what an incredible human being. What a ball player. What a warrior. What a fighter. Um, if you're if if you're a, a parent or a grandparent and and you have kids. I, I can't think of too many better role models or people to look up to. You know, if, you're, if your kids are Tigers fans and, and they watch the team, and is there really anybody on the team that's that's a better role model that, that you just were like, yeah, like be a diehard fan of that guy more than Michael Fulmer? And, and what a trooper. What a trooper, man. Um, was looked like he was going to be the the ace of the Tigers for years to come after his rookie year. Then injuries started, you know, plaguing him a little bit the next couple of years. And then injuries really caught up to him. And the front office did him zero favors. That's a whole different rabbit hole that I'm not going to go on because I'm already over time. Um, but it's just... It's it's sad to see him go, and and I'm glad he's going to do a contender. I'm glad he's going to be able to pitch meaningful baseball because he hasn't since his rookie year, and, that, and that's awesome. I'm so happy for him, and and I will always, always, always be a fan of Michael Fulmer. And I, and I come on here and I talk about you know X's and O's, and and I give my analysis because you know for some reason people uh, p- people want to listen to that. <laughs> But at the end of the day, when you separate, and he's been great this year, but when you separate the X's and O's and the stats and the production and, and what he means to, to the game of baseball versus him as a human being, that is a fantastic person. And uh, the, the, the grit and the, and the mental strength it must have taken to go through all the injuries he went to and, and all the stuff and try to come back as a starter and just not have it anymore. He just didn't. And then have to be converted to the bullpen and then like find a role as, as a top end reliever in this sport. 
by by the end of his Tigers career. Just an incredible will, an incredible mindset that he must have, and uh, he he deserves everything good that that comes his way for the rest of his career. Um, so so just wanted to to give him his flowers that he has so rightfully earned um, over the last six years as, as a Detroit Tiger. Definitely a fan favorite, um, and, and has every right to be uh, a fan favorite for uh, for as long as he keeps playing and after he's done playing. Um, I, I can already hear people saying, oh, you know, try and re-sign him this year. When has that ever happened? <laughs> people say that for every single rental that has ever been traded in the history of ever. It's happened like four times. I would not hold my breath. Um, I would obviously welcome it. I would love it, but it doesn't happen. Um, so, respect to Michael Fulmer. Big ups. Heck of a ride. Heck of a ride it's been. Um, I'm glad that by the end of it, this fan base didn't view it as, you know, sometimes fan bases can be nasty and and can look at dudes that maybe didn't reach expectations or whatnot and go like, ew, like, uh, you know, I don't like you and, and boo players and stuff. But he, he always he always seemed to get support here. And, and he always, uh, he always, everybody always realized what we had with him. So, Okay, I've gone way too long. Uh, the, this was not supposed to be like some really long thing at the end. I just wanted to say, just give him his flowers. Say thank you. Thank you for uh, for everything you did for the Tigers organization, Michael. And uh, yeah, nothing but the best. Big ups. Okay, that'll do it for me. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm sorry if this was really aggressive. I, I really don't mean to get everybody riled and upset like on their way to work at, you know, five, six, seven, eight in the morning. That, that, that's not my, my intention, but, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm tired. And I think a lot of people are tired. Peace and love. <laughs> Peace and love, baby. Going to therapy's dope. And I will catch y'all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.